Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Chris Amsler. Our guest today is Kenneth Goodman with Hercules Tech. Hi, Kenneth. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Kenneth, tell, tell us a little bit more about your background. Sure. So I did my undergrad in honors mathematics and finished that in two years. Um, during, during my time there, I started uh, researching cryptography a lot uh, with some of my professors there and got really interested in uh, math. And uh, while I did my summer internship at Goldman, um, started researching a little bit more uh, cryptocurrencies, probably read some article like Bitcoin is dead. I'm like, what is dead? And tried to really learn more. Uh, when I started there full time, I'd already been involved in some communities. This was more academic interest rather than investing. Obviously, hindsight, uh, I should have invested. Um, this was in 2015, but uh, did not. And then about a year and a half later, I started investing in cryptocurrencies after being heavily involved with communities, trying to develop um, playing around and creating like little blockchains um, at home on, on Amazon, and um, that that's really how this this whole thing spun out of control. And I've got just gone deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole, and not even close to coming out. That's really easy to do, um, especially with the the mania going on around cryptocurrency lately. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say over the, well, I guess looking back two or three years ago, uh, whenever I mentioned Bitcoin, everyone looked at me like I'm an idiot, and uh, then I would start about three to six months ago, I get maybe 10 or 20 texts a day, like, should I buy Bitcoin? Is now the time to buy Bitcoin? Uh, then it, then when Ripple started having that movement, should I buy Ripple? Uh, and this is where I started getting a little concerned. There had been a similar run-up at the beginning of 2017, but it was more localized to within the cryptocurrency community. And this had slowly spread to mass media as CNBC, Bloomberg, New York Times, Washington Post, instead of posting once a month, we're now posting multiple times a day articles about cryptocurrencies. And this is when I started to get a little fearful. Uh, the technology hadn't changed much, um, but the price valuations were getting, or market capitalization were starting to grow very large. I know market capitalization and company valuation aren't like great metrics um, to use as analogies, but if it's even closely related, we're having company, we're having coins like Cardano, Tron, um, et cetera, being, having crazy high market capitalization that are comparable to companies like Twitter, uh, which is probably one of the most used platforms on the planet. And so this is where some of these things scared me. And um, obviously, I was right in, in hindsight, but it, it could have gone up to 30, 40, 50, 60,000 before it stopped. Um, and I think we're, we, we're, still, we're still at that point as Bitcoin is in that 8,000 range where not a lot has changed for a lot of the other coins. Um, but they're still seeing significant appreciation since last year, March time. Where are you seeing these um, high market caps right now that may be cause for concern? Sure. So I view it as what is the, um, if like Bitcoin's peak, let's say it completely wins. If crypto wins, let's say, and Bitcoin succeeds way beyond anybody's dreams, it becomes the, the currency for the entire world. And not only that, it uh, we we developed some maybe some smart contract on top of Bitcoin. It's so now all equities and all uh, contracts are now written on Bitcoin. So li literally everything is done on either Bitcoin 
um, some side chain of Bitcoin, some layer two or layer three level solution of Bitcoin. And I'm talking about total win, right? Maybe the price is somewhere between 500000 and a million dollars to capitalize on the entire world's economy. Maybe it's slightly higher. And so we're saying that the probability of that happening, if the price right now is eight to 10000 is 1% um, or a little bit more than that, depending on where you view that win situation. And I'm not so sure um, that we're 1% of the way there to really capturing this. And I would say it goes even more so for some of these other coins. Um, maybe like Ripple, if, if you would market capitalize all the XRP tokens, almost nobody's actually using XRP. They're using uh, Ripple technology, but not maybe XRP specifically, but its valuation um, is something in the 100 billion if you include all the tokens not, um, that are not in circulation as well. And so that probability for me doesn't make much sense. Um, and I really don't see the expected value as positive uh, long, long term until something radically changes. Do you think the superficial level of, of these coins or not the superficial knowledge, I suppose, of um, the general consumer of these coins, not diving deep into the tech is what is causing that um, that concern? Yes, uh, for sure. I would say that most people. Um, are are seeing huge price movements and saying, oh, I can get rich on this also. And there's a big uh, fear of missing out or FOMO factor that I've definitely seen within my community. I'm in, I'm in a couple groups of maybe uh, 50 to a couple hundred uh, people on Telegram and WhatsApp. And these are mostly retail investors, and this is sort of what I use to gauge. Uh, I've gone so deep that almost everyone I know has heard me talk about crypto forever. Um, it's, it's hard to gauge what the average person uh, who's just getting in things. And so I, I try and use these as good metrics. And most people are saying, oh, invest in this coin, it's just gone up. Rather than invest in this coin, it actually has some use case. Or uh, maybe like you might say in equities, well, it's got some good EBITDA or bad or et cetera. And maybe we can, it, it will be able to have this earnings report or that earnings report. There'll be some way to value the network's growth or however you want to, you want to value these things. People aren't valuing them with any sort of metric so that you can compare it to say that, oh, this is as good as Dash was maybe in um, mid-2017. This is why it should grow. It's growing because it's growing. And so maybe technical analysis is all good, but I'm not sure you can have sustained growth when everyone's trading off of momentum. What groups do you recommend that people follow, maybe like the top top three groups? Um, I actually think it's super interesting to watch uh, pump and dump groups. Not that I'm advocating that anyone should actually uh, go into a pump and dump, but to see the type of communication that happens um, when people are blatantly manipulating the price. And so this is so that people can see that people are cheating um, and that you're not always the one with the first information. And so there, there's a good chance that you've never heard a lot of the, about these uh, groups. And if you just search like pump on Telegram, you'll see like 20 or 30 of them. Um, and so you'll see that this is just one example of cases with tons of information that you don't have that other people are trading on. And so if you're just trading on the price movement, you're probably a little bit behind. Okay. Yeah, very good. Talk to us about the um, Tether. Sure. So uh, there's been a, a scandal or scandalish about uh, Tether Limited and their connection with Bitfinex over maybe since, since April of 2017. Um, they launched as a cryptocurrency that was supposedly backed by the dollar and that if you give them $1, they'll give you one Tether. Um, or maybe some limited, you have to give them 10000 for 10000 or whatever the amount is. And if you give them uh, this, that amount of Tether back, they'd give you $1. And so they'd act as a centralized peg. Uh, so it's backed by Tether Limited instead of maybe backed by the U.S. government. 
Um, and this is a way to have a public blockchain that still stabilize the price. And so a lot of exchanges saw that as very lucrative. They didn't have to comply with USD uh, laws or any other fiat laws if they were cryptocurrency only, or that was the assumption. And so we saw a huge pop-up of exchanges all over um, the world that were Tether. Tether was the main quote, uh, rather than having um, USD or another fiat, um, along with maybe Bitcoin. But as long as people didn't want to take Bitcoin exposure, you could start using Tether as your exposure. Um, and if people believed it was back to the dollar and everyone is, if, if it's as stable as a dollar, then that should be good. And so in April, they had lost their, I think it was around April, they had lost their banking relationship. And ever since then, it's been a little bit murky if they even have a banking partner and if they're even storing that money anywhere. Uh, but from that time, it's increased from in the order of a couple hundred million to 2.5 billion tethers issued. And there doesn't seem to be uh, any proof that they're backing. Uh, if there was, they could, uh, they could, it would be pretty simple for a company to do an audit here, or it would be seemingly simple, but they have not shown any audit, and the one audit that they did engage backed off of them. It's unclear if one of the best audit firms in the country uh, did not have the skills to audit a pretty simple balance sheet audit, but that, that was the claim that was made. And so when there's tons of smoke, uh, there's a good chance there's fire. And so I'd warn anyone who is uh, using tether back exchanges with that tether to just keep that in mind that you are taking tether risk on top of crypto exposure risk. What do you think it will take to get rid of that smoke for Tether? It, uh, a simple balance sheet audit from a reputable firm um, would definitely do it, right? Uh, there is, There are ways to do uh, proof of reserves to say that each one of these, uh, whichever bank that they're using or whichever how many banks they're using, if they'll publicly say, we'll create some proof of reserves um, where they create some Merkle tree with everyone's balance and uh, individually you might be able to check because uh, they should have all the KYC AML, and so they should know how many I hold or which dollars came from me, or something along the lines where they have some reputable firm audit them. Um, that's one way to clearly check that all the dollars came in before all the tethers were printed and not the other way around. There's speculation and um, maybe some evidence that Tether printed the tethers, bought Bitcoin, sold it for dollars on maybe GDAX or Gemini or some other fiat exchange, and so the tethers were printed first and then they were backed later. Uh, which would be clearly fraud. Okay. With um, with your background in education, having finished your bachelor's so quickly, what do you think it takes for college-age students or maybe even high school-age students to have the knowledge to get into uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain right now? And what's your involvement in that? Sure. So I currently teach a uh, undergraduate level course in uh, blockchain and the mathematics of behind it. Uh, we focus not only on cryptocurrencies, but other applications, and uh, we we don't touch too much on the trading perspective and try and more focus on the game theoretics and uh, mathematics that secures blockchain. For people that want to get in, uh, I'd be um, there are tons of resources that have recently popped up over the last year uh, that make it much easier for someone joining now to start. Uh, Andreas has published his book online uh, for free, or you can buy it and support him. Um, and he has tons of videos online. He's a great educator. Uh, three Brown, One Blue, a, a YouTube uh, site, uh, just announced maybe three or four months ago a video on how blockchain works, and it's super intuitive, um, in my opinion, and tries to break away from the heavy math that's involved and a little bit of hand-wavy, but it allows you to get the main idea before you jump deep. Um, and the Princeton Bitcoin book is probably the most famous book here for educators that uh, dives the complete history of Bitcoin up to like 2012. So you're missing SegWit and Lightning Network and 
a lot of the newer advancements. But if you want to catch up till 2012, 2013, which is most of the development of Bitcoin, um, that book is, is, is phenomenal. I know that with the cryptocurrency space, it's moving so rapidly. And it's usually the questions are involved around what's going to happen in, in the next quarter, what's going to happen in the next year or so. Uh, for, for the students that you have, the college students that you have, where do you see them integrating this technology into their life in maybe 10 or 15 years? It might be even too hard to say, maybe similar to the internet in the late 90s, that nobody could have imagined that we would need a social network or a search engine. Um, and there were tons of people who said that the internet uh, was more or less useless or would not nearly have been as integrated as it is today. Uh, it may be that the applications of tomorrow are not today's applications like Uber, Airbnb, StepHub on the blockchain, but things we can't even imagine. Uh, the obvious uh, solutions is to uh, sort of like we internalize everything or and then equitize everything. We can tokenize everything. And so everything will now become a token and everything will have a market uh, economics. So you might actually have Uber uh, have a token. Uh, you may even have the reviews on the blockchain and you pay a different amount for different review systems. Um, you might have banks go away. I, I, th I see that as unlikely uh, for how much power and control and how innovative some of these banks have been over the last couple of years. I don't think banks are stupid, nor are they not watching this. Um, but theoretically, some parts of this as as fintech space has changed rapidly and will continue to change rapidly, we might see um, blockchain technology or decentralized cryptographically secure data structures really take over. Uh, there, there's no saying that blockchain will be the solution. It may even be DAGs or uh, parallel blockchains or some other uh, topology that we can't even imagine. Uh, it, it's unclear that, that blockchains are the solution. Um, from Hebrew U, they posted some mixture where you had some some DAGs and some chains, and that's picking up a lot of research recently. So um, just knowing that this exists, it will be helpful, I think, um, over the next revolution, maybe in the next 10 years, as, as this really gains mass adoption. Okay. What other projects are you involved in right now? So at Hercules Tech, um, we analyze uh, data for uh, cryptocurrencies and try and find valuable metrics so that people can analyze uh, cryptocurrencies effectively. We um, we do prop trading. I guess show you, put your money where your mouth is and uh, look at the best ways to maybe capitalize on some of the inefficiencies in the market. We talked about some of that information asymmetry before, and so we're looking at different data sets that exist about the market and trying to figure out what is what are uh, how would quant firms maybe in equities use this data and what it, what data set is relevant and how do you clean data specifically for crypto that may be a little bit different as there's no fundamental balance sheet that gets released every quarter. Rather, you have to uh, infer some of these things and some things nobody knows how to value. The NVT ratio is like the PE ratio blockchain, but we're not sure if that even works. And it might take years before we get something realistic, but we're trying that. Okay. And what kind of um, what kind of consumer do you see yourself involved with? Our customers would mostly be hedge funds uh, and quant traders and systematic traders. Um, I would say we are not uh, ideally looking at retail customers for the in the short term. Uh, mostly trying to help onboard either existing equities funds or other uh, brand new funds that are getting into the space, um, and then maybe down the line as we. Uh, normalize our products and figure out how to generalize a lot of the stuff, we may go retail as well. Okay, very good. 
Any uh, final thoughts before we wrap up today? No, uh, I guess be careful in crypto land, and um, it's 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 always it's a volatile world with a lot of opportunity. Kenneth, thank you so much for joining us today, and thank everyone for joining us here on the Future Tech Podcast. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to Almost Here, around the corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.